everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of The League Life. My name is Sam Shnazzy. They call me Shnaz. I'm here with my colleague and my good buddy, Nathan Brooks. We call him Brooksy. Brooksy, top of the morning to you, my friend. Thank you very much. Morning to you, Shnaz. I'm feeling fresh. I put some cologne on for this episode, so... I'm feeling it. Have you Have you got a whiff yet across that end of the room? Oh, uh, this honk has got a whiff. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's been, been a good week. Quick week so far. We're already at Wednesday. Teams came out last night, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm feeling good. Doesn't the the league world just fly by? It's week one. Oh wow, long year ahead. We're up to week six already. Next minute, yeah, round six, and yeah, it just keeps rolling on. These Thursday Monday games, you know, it just it only gives us really two days to get excited about the next week. Or um, in your case, yeah, pretty much cry ourselves to sleep. All right. Tell me about what's been happening, Brooksy, in your world. Yeah, I went down the south coast again last week, Schnaz. Uh, it was my grandma's 80th birthday. Oh, happy birthday, grandma. Yeah, Valerie, shout out. She's a mad Bulldogs fan and a regular League Life listener. So she, um, she had a big night. I went to bed at about 10 o'clock and I heard that they were there till 11.30. So... My 85-year-old grandfather and my 80-year-old grandmother outlasted me. Uh, I've I've got some splaining to do at the next uh, family <laughs> get-together. But yeah, she's a massive, as I mentioned, she's a massive League Life listener. And for you guys that have listened to previous episodes, we had uh, some quotes from Bookman on the pre- last, uh, last ep- uh, two episodes ago. Let me tell you something, Seinfeld. Joy Boy. Yeah. She thought we were actually doing the quotes and she was like, yeah, you guys were really taking him off well. Wow. And so, yeah, she's she's all over it. But yeah, big shout out to her. Congratulations. Unfortunately, the doggies didn't get a win for her on her birthday weekend. But yeah, yeah, it was good times down there, Schnaz. Also, obviously, driving up and down the South Coast uh, on the weekend, I got to listen. got to listen to an album, Kanye West's The Life of Pablo. Right. My goodness, Schnaz. It was one of the worst albums I've listened to in a while. There's some good tracks in there, but there's some rubbish. He's just dropped off. It's a new record? It's a new record. It came out a few months ago on the streaming service, service title that um, uh, Jay-Z started up with a few other um, entrepreneurial musicians. I remember hearing the first single that dropped back then, yeah? Oh, yeah. And I, I was... I was uh, intrigued by it, I'll say. Oh, d- like, there's some good tracks. The cameos make it. Like, Sia's on, the Australian artist Sia's on there. The Weeknd, uh, Kendrick Lamar was on there. Um, it was just, they made it. It was, it was good looking forward to hearing a different voice other than Kanye. Like, I love the College Dropout, his first album, but he's just gone downhill. It's like Entourage, you know, the TV show. I do. Where it started so well, but then they just, it was just all about, like, really them and the way they, how cool they are. That's how Kanye's music's gone, and I think people are starting to come around to it. You just said to myself and to our listeners that you were listening to an artist's new album, but you were looking forward to it as you were listening to it to when another artist was singing aside from him. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> when That's you started good. hearing someone else's voice. You're like, oh, here we go. So how was your weekend, Schnaz? What did you get up to? Oh, a bit of rock and roll myself. Of course Brooksy. you bloody did. First night out without young Chester for my lady friend Eleanor and I. And we went to see a American singer-songwriter in the country rock vein. Yeah. Uh, a guy called Jason Isbell, who's been getting a lot more popular over the years. Was once in a band called The Drive-By Truckers, now a solo artist. Play the Enmore Theatre. Awesome night out. Great show. I think if you're a fan of, of the Nashville TV show, for example, it's in that world without being that commercial. It's a little bit alternative country, as they say. And before that, we went to my favorite bar, which I've taken you to before, the Midnight Special in Enmore, on Enmore Road. Anyone who's in Enmore, go to the Midnight Special. Tell them Shanaz sent you. It's a great little American-inspired dive bar. I had a few PBRs. I was just about to ask you. A few tall boys. I wonder what the uh, over-underline was on there, but we better keep that under wraps. I was happy to be out of the house and uh, away from work for once. It was good. It was a great night out. A lot of great friends I caught up with, so uh, a wonderful night. Monday morning was a bit weary at work, I've got to tell you. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to a movie coming out in the next week or so called Broke, B-R-O-K-E, an Australian indie film, and it's based on the world of rugby league and the effects of it after a career. 
and a lot of our listeners would have heard about it. They will hear about it in the next few weeks. I have a personal interest in it. I'm lucky enough that my music has been involved in the movie, which is a really big thrill for me. Congratulations, Shnaz. That's awesome. Thank you very much. A guy called Heath Davis has written and directed it. He's a mad Penrith fan. And you'll be hearing about it in the next month. You can go see it. It'll be at a lot of the uh, the more indie cinemas. There is a big launch at the Randwick Ritz. And also the North Sydney Bears are having a launch for him as well. So a great film, really kind of dark film, not one for the kids. But wonderful stuff, and, and rugby league fans will love it. We also get asked a few things, Shnaz, uh, over social media as well. And one recently has been what podcast we listen to. And I thought we'd mention it because we both do listen to it. It's it's called the I Am Rappaport podcast featuring actor-director Michael Rappaport and one of his friends, Gerald Moody, who argue, I think got one of the best supporting podcaster award last year. Oh, well, that's what they tout. They don't fact check, fact check which is good. Mm. It's just off the cuff. They fly pretty free. It's it's definitely not one for the kids. Uh, there's a lot of swearing, but it is quite funny. They do touch on um, current events in the States, and I suggest you give it a listen to if you like a free-flowing, loose uh, podcast. Yeah, and a lot of people would know this actor's work without actually knowing the name, probably. He's been in a lot of films, a lot of TV shows. He's actually a very serious actor. But now he's actually more famous at the moment for being a podcaster. Yeah, he pro- the last thing he did, I think, was producing a documentary on a rap group, A Tribe Called Quest. Yes. Beats, Rhymes and Life, a documentary about the, the band. Uh, one of the rappers, Fife Dog, passed away recently. So he's been, been doing a bit of podcasting regarding that band. And for all of you people train spotting, he appears in my favorite film of all time, of all time, Brooksy. Yeah. A film called Beautiful Girls uh, came out in the... Late 90s, I think, mid to late 90s. Yeah. Stellar cast and great film. He's been in a million things, as I said, and he's having great success with his podcast, and it's very funny. So check it out as Brooksy has advised you. I don't judge you, okay? If she could cut her own food, she's fair game. The supermodels are beautiful girls, Will. A beautiful girl can make you dizzy, like you've been drinking Jack and Coke all morning. She can make you feel high, full of single greatest commodity known to man. Promise. The promise of a better day. Promise of a greater hope. Promise of a new tomorrow. Brooksy, round five, another outstanding, fascinating weekend of rugby league, NRL National Rugby League 2016 season. We're doing a little segment here called the top performance of round five. And I've thrown in a few suggestions, and I'm sure you might have some thoughts on them and some of your own, perhaps. Yeah. But I'll tell you what really impressed me, and we hinted at this in previous episodes, and particularly in the preview episode of the Canberra Raiders their pack yeah. is outstanding. They dominated the Canterbury pack. I asked the question maybe two weeks ago who was going to stop them. Well, we found that out, and it's the Canberra Raiders. They were outstanding at Belmore Oval on Monday night. Yeah, they lost Soliola early with a broken arm, and they still were able to roll through the Bulldogs pack. It was a great performance, and they're really starting to, to show that they could be top eight material. I know it's early on in the season, well, they've, we've won three games and had a draw. They're on seven points. They're, you know, they're sitting in third position at the moment. So, I yeah, I really like Shannon Boyd. I like Papali, Vaughan. I, I can second this motion of the top performer of the week. So, yeah, look, I I think they can push forward and really, really cause some, some damage this year. I think the least performing member of their pack is Elliot Whitehead, and he's still yep. playing pretty good. Yeah, he was good. Hodgson. No, look, you oh. can, it seems like someone's really, like someone different is always contributing. Fenson, we haven't even mentioned him. Like, it's such a oh. good forward pack. Tapanay. Oh. And, yeah, it's just I, I think the only thing will stop him is injuries. I wonder if something's happened in the off-season, Brooksy, where they've trained a different, different way or they brought in a new sort of forwards coach. It's because... They've always had that bulk, but they're really using it this year to great effect. Maybe it's not just the halves. Maybe the halves are able to play off it. And They've recruited very well. Yeah. You know, you think think back. Austin, Whitehead, Caesar, Joseph Tapanay. You got Joseph Tapanay as well. And it's just... He, he looks... Well, he's ready to go. He looks fantastic. Um, we also threw in... Someone very close to my heart, Chad Townsend. Yeah. And I'm trying not to be biased here, but I'm really loving the role he's playing at the Sharks at the moment. He's very reliable. Uh, he's enthusiastic. He backs up really well. He's a lot quicker than what I remember. I don't know if he's lost some 
weight or something, but he's a lot quicker. And he's just uh, playing a really nice role in the Sharks. He's leading them around the park more than Maloney is at the moment. Maybe he's feeling good because when he came back over from New Zealand, the exchange rate, you know, he converted his money over and he's like, oh, look at this. <laughs> I've got a bit more money than I had. So, yeah, no, he's been really good. He had two tries this last week, Shaz, against mm. the Tigers. So, we're having a look at the numbers. So, he's got three tries and five tries in the opening five rounds. Yeah, it's and been, I, it's something that I, impressive. I was hoping, Brooksy, he would, he would be this way probably in about week 10 or 11, but he's already there in week five, so... As long as he can maintain that, of course, it's it's early days. Yeah. I also want to throw in a contender for Sam's man of the round, and he's going for two weeks in a row, believe it or not. Yeah. Vave from Manly. CSIR. CSIR Vave. We highlighted him last week and his outstanding effort. And against South Sydney on Thursday night, he came off the bench, and again, he dominated. And... At one point, Brooksy, I kid you not, he forced a dropout. It was his first kick in the NRL. We were looking it up to give that right? to the commentators. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. What a, so what a start. His only kick has forced a dropout. Imagine if Trent Barrett's gone, see ya, you can kick as long as you force a dropout every time you do it. We could be seeing this for the rest of the season as long as he's forcing dropout, Shanaz. I was sitting on my lounge watching it. You were at work, I believe, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was here, yeah. And I texted you. Yeah. And I was like, here comes Vave, here comes Vave. And then he forced the dropout. I almost fell off my lounge. Yeah. So I, I think he could be the man of the round for two weeks in a row, to be honest. Is there a point having the award? I reckon you just give it to him each week that Bravo, he gets yeah. on the park. It's, it's interesting. There's, there was some good performance over the round. I Look, the things that stuck out for me were your boys' game against the Tigers. I, 60 points. It was exciting. There was a few errors, but it was really good to watch. I got to I got to see it on Sunday after the my grandma's party and really enjoyed watching the match. It it gave us everything. Like your outside backs played really well, Barber and, and Holmes playing really well. But yeah, it's good to have those games. And I think the back end of last round was a bit dour. And oh no, it was two rounds ago where it was a bit dour. I remember there was a few games. It was just like oh, we just want to see some points. Mind you, that's probably just coming from a Dragons fan. But uh, it, it's actually good to, see, good to see 60 points in a game where the game was actually going back and forth. Who knew who was going to win? There was Tedesco played really well, and we'll touch on that. But yeah, it was a really good game to watch and, and good to see your boys get the win. Also, got to give him a shout-out. Roger Tuovasa-Shek. What an ending. Yeah, scoring the golden point winning try. Against your former club. I don't know if he was more happy about scoring the try against his former club, Brooksy, or he saw Sean Kenny Dallas the last hurdle to that yeah. try line and he lined him up. And as he fended him, I'm sure he smiled. He yeah, oh, he, he would have been. Also, uh, Lola Hia set up that beautifully, that, that try from about the halfway mark, caught a, caught a, a kick and, and made the break as yeah. well. So, you know, I got You got to wonder. We'll get into that in the Warriors. Maybe we have got yeah. to wonder his role in the team. I think he's more than a winger, Brooksy. Yeah, yeah, he could be. But it's a great luxury to have. Mm. You know, having having a try and two tries against your former club. You, I guess they, I don't know if they pour over the stats that much, but you look and go, yeah, I, I'm happy with that performance. And you know, it was a good it was a good win for the Warriors because it starts them on the right track two in a row now. So. Hopefully they start building. Been good so far. He's good again. And looks upfield. Lillahia, he's got pace. Gets to Latrell Mitchell. Gets beyond Latrell Mitchell. Oh, Roger Chilvasa-Shek. What a story this would be. He gets away from Sean Kenny now. And he announces the signature in the halfway through last year. So, Brooksy, not everything was positive about the weekend. And let's get to the most negative thing in the NRL right now, if not historically, and that is your team, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. What the heck is going on aside from not scoring points? Wait, did you say Illawarra? You should call them Nilawarra this week, Schnaz. 36 to nil <laughs> against the Cowboys. It's meant to be a nice time doing this. They're embarking on the first trip of where a team's going through Townsville, Brisbane, and Rabina, and they couldn't score. Shaky start. 
Could not score. It was terrible. I looked over the stats. 17 errors, Schnaz. That's nearly one every four minutes. Like, I watch again, I didn't get to watch the game because I was at my grandma's party. You better thank your grandma for that. Uh, thanks. Thank you very much for organising the party. It was just diabolical. Like, you could see the Cowboys. Like it, or actually, the first thing was, like, the Gavin Cooper try. I couldn't see the ball getting grounded. Mm. You take that away, it's still 30 nil. It wasn't a thrashing, Brooksy. It was a gradual yeah, it, defeat. Yeah. They didn't collapse at any point. It was just... Every so often they scored against you after it was a, a long period where there was no points. So the scoreline looks a lot worse than what it is. I mean, obviously the fact you haven't scored is a worry and you haven't scored many points this year as well. But the actual game, like, history will say it's a thrashing, yeah. but we know it wasn't. So Yeah, and you look back, if you saw Benji's last error where Whittip had passed him the ball and he, it was just a simple catch and he's just dropped it cold... Uh, yeah, it, it pretty much summed up the game for the Dragons and not being able to to click and attack. and And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens against the Broncos this week. It will be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, an honourable mention, I guess, we'll have to go to the Roosters. The Roosters are still winless this year, Brooksy. Oh and five. Who would have thought it? We knew they were yeah. in for a tough start, but it's getting a bit ridiculous. Uh, they were pretty close, as we said. They they almost got there, but they didn't. And and they're zero and five, and it's been a while since it's been that way and they got a you know they got south sydney away on on the weekend so it doesn't get any easier for them yeah i don't really see them winning that game either by the way yeah it was that game was there to be had for them and to get get off the mark and i guess you know it took a some individual brilliance as ned zelich would say uh to to get them out of there from lola here and could you say it like Ned would say it? Individual brilliance. Thank you. I'll tell you what caught my eye, Brooksy. Yeah. And that was the former dragon, now Panther. Oh. Sally Fitzgibbon, surfing champion of the world, standing almost on her seat at Pertex Stadium <laughs> when Bryce Cartwright scored the match-winning try on the siren. And she was celebrating like it was 1991 all over again. Roycey Simmons in the corner. Yeah, as a Dragons fan, I wasn't too happy, but didn't she look good? As you said this to me, she, she looked, was like... She looked happy and content. She, yeah, yeah, <laughs> content. What, what does that say, Brooksy? What is this try that... Why is he putting the ball over that line? I haven't seen one of these in a while. Yeah, uh, no, I don't blame her, really. I was a bit... You know, I, I think we sent out a few tweets and stuff over the weekend. Because as a Dragons fan, you've just been thumped by 36. And you might not have Foxtel. So the first thing you're going to see <laughs> on Channel 9 is her wearing a Panthers jersey. And you might be like of the same... You might be, geez, where do I get one of those from? <laughs> I mean, let's be re- let's be fair income here. What What... What are your thoughts on it? I mean, is it okay she's wearing another jersey? Someone pointed out to me that her partner is playing this team, but if I if I reverse the roles, I'm not wearing the jersey. I'm there supporting and even celebrating. Maybe I'm not wearing the jersey. Yeah, you're a mad Swifts fan right. in the netball, the ANZ Championship. Imagine if Eleanor went and played for the Queensland Firebirds. Would you be still there in your Lycra Swifts? Jersey going to the games? I'm not swapping no. jerseys. No. What I'm saying. You, you're, oh, so you would you'd be wearing the Swifts uniform? Well, are we talking about a derby? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I would, but I just wouldn't wear someone else's jersey. Yeah, you don't wear someone else's jersey. She's supporting a fiance. I can give her that. If she starts wearing it every round, going to a Panthers game, the drag. I don't know if she's our number one supporter. But I would suggest at the moment she's not <laughs> one of <laughs> our supporters. But yeah, no, I think that's got to be revoked if she is. You know, like if she's one, an ambassador for the Dragons. You think, you but, think, you think Dowsty might get her in the office and have a bit of a talk? Oh, there's got to be something something said. You might see her with the Aus Dowst sign <laughs> if, if they take it to that length. Look, they gave me a Cables water ski season pass and a jersey. This is this is an amazing deal that Phil Gould's got going. So I'm I'm changing over to the Panthers. Who knows, Schnaz? I don't know. Like Gould Gus has been 
very good with the marketing out there at Penrith and, and the Penrith Panthers marketing team. I think they've sold sold Penrith really well. Now, Gu- Gussie, if you want to send any oak milk our way, where it's uh, for broadcast way, <laughs> Arts Armin, 2064. One more thing caught yep. your eye, Brooksy, didn't it? Yeah, Josh Reynolds tickling Adam Caesar's backside at the scrum on Monday Night Football. Who hasn't wanted to do that, though? We love Caesar. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I haven't really looked at it that way. But, um, yeah, it's funny. A lot of people were defending it and saying, oh, it's just mates. But I was thinking of some scenarios this week, Shnaz, that uh, wouldn't you like to see this? Uh, and, and hopefully they just let it go and there's no problem. Like this week at the Masters, Adam Scott on the 16th putting for birdie. Wouldn't it be great to see Jason Day go up and give him a little tickle on the fanny before he goes and makes a putt? Oh, it's all good. They're mates. Or Steph Curry's at the foul line. He's playing the Spurs. And Tony Parker comes up to him and goes, Hey, Steph, try and make that. Gives him a little tickle. Or baseball. Guys at home played. It's opening week in the MLB. We've got Buster Posey catching and Bryce Harper there just about to hit. And he slaps him on the ass before he goes to hit. Like, come on. You can't... That stuff, I understand their mates and it's all good. But in professional sport across the world, you'd be, you'd be probably kicked off... Out, kicked out of the game you, or you're given a technical foul or... We're told never to do it again. Like, it's just... To let it go is fine. Like, I, I don't mind that it's a friendship thing, but it just shows you how irrelevant the scrums are. <laughs> People can tickle. Like, uh, anyway. There should be more tickling at the scrums. There should be more tickling at the scrums. If if they're uncontested, tickle away. You know who I think's a tickler? Who? Cooper Cronk. Oh. <laughs> uh. Listeners of our previous episodes <laughs> will understand that joke. <laughs> So, Brooksy, we put out some questions on social media, and we love our social media audience. So, thank you to everyone who always gets in touch with us. We appreciate it. Also, the emails and everything as well. So, keep them coming. But we put out some questions, and we got some back, which was wonderful. Yeah. What can you tell us about the first one? So, James Hope on Facebook wrote to us and said, Hey, guys, great pod. As people who work in the stats business, I was wondering what impact do you think fantasy football, like Supercoach, has had on people's perceptions of NRL players? I love Supercoach and find myself poring over stats for two to three hours a week, trying to find something that might give me an edge. But I get quite annoyed when I hear fellow Supercoach players bad-mouthing players because of poor Supercoach scores, when they don't take into account all the things a player might bring, e.g. Adam Blair with his kick pressure. It's a great question, Brooksy, and... James points out something which which we both know, that a lot of footballers go unnoticed because they don't have the flashy stats. So, for example, which James has pointed out, Adam Blair and his kick pressure. Did he go runs? Yeah, Adam Blair has been an important part of Brisbane for, what, second year now, I think? And even his time at the West Tigers, he was always ridiculed for not putting in. Yeah. But just because he's not doing 15-meter hit-ups necessarily, he still does those, but he does a lot of stuff off the ball. So I could see how a player like him, who's on big money, would be ridiculed because he's not doing the Fafita stats business, for example. Yeah. The big offloads and the the line breaks and all the stuff you get points for. And I guess all I could probably say to people, from my opinion, is... If you're taking it that seriously, then you're probably not enjoying it or ha- having the fun you should be having with it. They're it's, too involved in the game of Supercoach. Like, we're fantasy players of all sports, including yeah. rugby league, and, and we we love it and we follow it closely. But I think, as I said, you can lose the fun aspect of it pretty pretty easy or the, or the, the friendly competition between mates and the banter if... I know everyone wants to be the best in the world. There are prizes you can win. I believe you can gamble on it in some states. But, yeah, it has gotten to be pretty serious business. And, and you know, it, it puts money in our pocket, to be honest, because a lot of what we do is involved in fantasy yeah. football. So, interesting point, James. And we've got another one from Luke Oxley on Facebook. I know Luke from my basketball days up at uh, Manly Warringah. Good gosh, Naz. How do you think the game will look in 10 years? And is there anything innovative left for coaches or teams to play with? We've seen the requirement for ball-playing forwards and dual-position players everywhere. 
Will a coach ever look at trying to push the boundaries with what defines position players? You see big wingers and centers take big hit-ups in the middle and with very little one-on-one tackling. Are there days of big boppers and gallon-like players gone? And what would you think of playing people the akin of Bryce Cartwright types as your only type of forwards surrounded by speed? I think it's a good question. And I think that's where coaches need to... And you're seeing it now. You're seeing coaches sort of changing the way to play. An example for me was watching the Panthers-Dragons game and you see those outside backs taking the first few hit-ups in the back end of a game just to give the forwards a rest. You see the forwards really lay the platform down at the start of the match, but then the backs are really taking that load. And you see with some of the run meter stats that your outside backs and your props are leading those categories. Two of us are Sheck, Mansour, Fafida, Woods, etc. Val's getting up there for you guys as well. So you're seeing that happen a bit more. Uh, I... I've always tossed up the idea of playing maybe two fullbacks, you know, in in defence and like condensing the line a bit more so the fullbacks can come in onto the wing when the play shifts down yet keep someone at the back for a kick to cover the the kick. Look, there's always things that um, coaches are changing and and that's where coaches seem to be successful because they're changing the patterns of the game. You know, like even so much it dragged the game down, but Bellamy with the wrestling. Yeah. Like he he started grabbing the hand of the play, the player who would play the ball. Like so if they're right-handed, he would grab that arm just to slow down the rock. What do you think, Shaz? Oh, uh, it's a great question. And as yeah. far as the first part of it goes, I hope there is some innovation left in the game because sometimes year to year it can get very one out and, and to be honest a little bit boring yeah. as far as the game we grew up with. Yeah. This year as we as we've already discussed, it's already a lot more of an open game, perhaps due to interchange, perhaps just due to a different style of football. What I will say about the coaches though is it's usually one or two, like you mentioned Bellamy. It's one or two guys who change the game and then everyone else copies it. And I really want to get away from that. Yeah. I'd love to see teams having their own style again. So you know, in the 90s, for example, you had teams like Canberra yeah. who were pretty flash and pretty successful. But you had, you had like a, a Canterbury who's a bit more dour. Uh, I just think if everyone just plays the same brand of football, it's going to be a bit boring. This year, it hasn't been too bad. I've been, I've been, I've been happy with it. Last year was very kick-heavy. I, I would love to see a day when we don't kick on the fifth, for example. Not as a rule, but we just... Get away from it. Throw yeah. the ball around. Yeah. Close the line, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, close the line, Brooks. I don't understand when there's three on one and they kick. Yeah. Got to go through the hands. Yeah. It worked for 90 years. And if you get tackled one metre out, then the other team's going to have to come out. It's an 80-minute game, 40-minute yeah. halves. Grind it out. Really put the other team in So I think if we can position. get away from that mechanical way of playing... Yeah. Everyone will be happy. I think the players will be more excited to play the game. The fans will probably flock back more to the, yeah. to, you know I know down at Cronulla we're all psyched because they're playing some throw around footy yeah. I was in that for years Yeah, great question from Luke thank you Mitch King Facebook uh, who is the worst player you've ever seen who has played more than 100 games That's you? great question <laughs> uh, I, I'm I, not going to say worst but guys I haven't been happy with at the club of my own I'd say probably Davy Simmons may Ben Pomeroy come to mind oh, Ben Pomeroy I forgot about Ben Pomeroy yeah I look I thought Paul Carriage had racked up 100 um, at least he had 64 he was a Illawarra Steeler and Eel you'd probably remember him from uh, the Craig Polamana missed field goal incident where he kicked the ball back to the Bulldogs we all remember I was watching some old games uh, last week Schnaz and uh Phil Gould played 104 games. Yeah, he was pretty average. Uh, he played nine seasons with four clubs. I think he might have been at the Jets for one of their last two seasons. So, Well, Gus was more gonna, smart than talented, I'd yeah, say, on the yeah, field. Yeah, he was an off-the-field character, but yeah. I am going to throw in the worst player I've ever seen play, and this thankfully he didn't play 100 games, and I'll stand by this till the day I am no longer here, and that is Jared Anderson from the Sharks. I can't remember him. It's okay. probably a good thing. His dad was a real piece of work too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Chris. 
We've got another one from John Hastings. It doesn't seem rugby league related, but do you think there'll ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? I think that's on the back of the David Brent picture we put out with the question. Gareth from The Office thought it in one of the episodes, Schnaz. It is a good question. Do you think that we could potentially see a human baby boy grow up to swim faster than a shark? Oh, in this day and age, you, you wouldn't rule it out. In the, yeah. com- in the coming years with technology and everything we're, we're learning, I'm not going to say no. I'm guessing I'm going with the technicality here. Paul Gallant in the water, he's a shark. Mm. Do you reckon he's too... I, I'd like to see him swim. Uh, uh, oh, compact little thing. I, I don't think he would... T- I, I couldn't see him hitting under a metre for 50 metres. He's too dense. Yeah. Like those arms and legs. Like he just, Not a lot of reach. No. He's all ticker though. But yeah, good question, Johnny. Uh, I think we may do someday down the track. Brooksy, round six is ahead of us. We've got eight beautiful games to go through. Let's start with your Dragons. Where do you start? By scoring points. Yes, I guess that's a good way to start. Broncos, Dragons at Suncorp. It's yeah. not pretty reading for you. No. The Bronx have won 11 of the past 13. And at Suncorp, beautiful Suncorp, they've won 13 of 15. I'm going to throw one more in for you, okay? Yeah. You're on your... Spring break tour. What what are you on? You, what are you sunshine calling? swing. I'm calling it. That's what they call it in in the NBL when you go and play Cairns and Townsville. So I'm calling it the sunshine swing. Let's call it the Ben Cray farewell. <laughs> You've won one of the past eleven in Queensland. Oh. but that doesn't matter, Brooksy, because it's all about what's ahead, not what's yeah. behind you. Yeah, uh, we touched on it in the in the poor performance section of the, the podcast. Seventeen errors. They got to cut that down. Like, you can't just give up the ball that many times to a team of the caliber of the Cowboys and then, I guess, the Broncos. You know, they're the two best teams in the comp. They've, I, I just hope they... they some, most of the time, they do step up against the Broncos. You see them really go at that forward pack. And that's where the I, I think that record, 11 of the past 13, has been down to the forward pack of the Broncos. It's been so good for so long. And... Once they start creating some points, the Dragons just can't match it. And I, I, I'm hoping to see a bit more from the halves, from Widdop and Marshall. The Dragons haven't won with Benji this year. They're 0-3, Schnaz. And I'm not saying that Josh McCrone's the, the answer, but he really needs to, to step up when you've got, you've got decent backs out there. You've got Dukes. Dukes has got to chime in a bit more. What what do you think? Like as an outsider, like I, I think that I'm a bit too emotional about this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to. You're welling up. I yeah. think that uh, your halves are a major issue, and I think the fact that Benji's off contract and there's all this talk in the media this week and other weeks about what's going to happen. Should he stay for this amount of money? Should he go? It's going to play on him and the team, and they need to nip that in the bud for starters. Whether it's stick around or sayonara, they need to work that out. And I don't think you want Benji playing for a contract. I don't. I don't think he's that kind of player, you know. And I still think he's a good player, but unfortunately, I think the game has passed his style of football by. I think in the Super League he'd have a success, successful like end of career, but I think the NRL is a bit too bash and barge at the moment for him. And unless he wants to play that really ad ad lib style, which won't suit your style of football, then I don't know how successful you guys will be with him and Widdop there. I think Widdop's a terrific player, but he's I don't think he can do it on his own, you know? If McCrone is McCrone the answer, I'm not no, sure either. I don't think so. It's I think Paul McGregor and and I hate to say it being a Steelers fan, he's under pre- he's got to be under pressure. He's got to start creating some more options for the Dragons in terms of attack. It seems very stagnant. It seems like there's not much else other than the plays that they're running. Look, they recruited Dimitriou from the Cowboys and he's been brought in because he was one of the guys that created that Cowboys attack over the past few years. And he's coaching the Cutters in New South Wales Cup. He needs to do so. He needs, they need to create more second phase 
you know, and and not necessarily just go off Benji like running sideways throughout the back line. Yeah. Tim Laffey needs to get more involved. I don't think he's been more involved. There's young guys out there in Reggie's and and Holden Cup. And look, I, if they if they don't provide more points, if they go scoreless again, I think definitely there's got to be pressure on Paul McGregor now. Yeah, I agree with that. I yeah. also am very concerned about your recruitment. I didn't really like the recruitment in the off season, and it hasn't really lived up to anything mm. in the season. I think that over the past few years, there's got to be some questions asked. You're always spruiking around the Fox Sports stats office talking about the money Dugan and Marshall are on, and you know, you're spot on. There's two guys there taking up a lot of money, and Dugan's not playing too bad, but it's just not effective. So, yeah. big game against the Broncos. Yeah, and the Broncos have been looking good. Uh, James Roberts had another big performance against his former club last week. He scored that first try. Their their packs just... I just love watching the Broncos pack as well. They're definitely up there with one of the better packs. Josh McGuire's having a good season. Uh, Andrew McCulloch's really directing him around. The hooker... That hooking role is so important for the Broncos. And, you know, he's been there for 160-odd games now. And he's... He just starts it off. They're, I fear for the scoreline here, Schnaz. I, I think... If the dragons don't step up, they're just gonna they're just gonna get rolled, and it's not gonna be a late rolling like we saw with the cowboys. It's gonna be from the onset, big crowd up at Suncorp. You think? Well, let's move on. Let's move on to another interesting clash: South yeah. Sydney v the Roosters, derby in itself. Yeah, met in round one. Yeah, I don't like that, Brooks. You don't like the playing too close to each other. I tell you what, I reckon South fans are enjoying it. Yeah. You know, this is, this could be an uh, easy four points for them if they roll the Roosters again. At ANZ Stadium. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that Trent Robinson is a proud man, he's a good coach, and that he's going to be filthy there 0-5, and he knows they're a better team than that, even without their missing players. Yeah. So they're not without a chance. I think South will be too strong, particularly on the backs of Burgess and Inglis. Yeah. I mean, the Roosters are just missing that kind of quality. Yeah, and I think the big thing for Souths is to make sure they don't drop off like they did against Manly. They played really well for the first 15 to 20 minutes. I think they were up 16-0 against the Eagles and then, you know, just held on for a 16-12 to 12 win. Manly didn't have Cherry Evans there and you could tell. They couldn't really get around the field and it took, like, Appy Corusau and and Dylan Walker, you know, just more running the ball to create their attack. Burgess came back and he played really well. How was this stat that we were looking up? So it was his 100th game and 61st consecutive game with 100 or more metres, Shaz. Wow. He's providing that consistency. He has this year and in previous seasons. Uh, And it just just helps having someone like that in the forwards that you know you're going to get 100 metres from them and you know they're going to rip in. And uh, that was... uh, It was such an important game. It was great to see him celebrate the 100th game shortly after that accident against the Dragons. I I thought Cameron McInnes was good. You know, he was was amazing in the first half. I think he scored something like 110 fantasy points for the super coaches and I think 90 on the NRL one. So for the 12 people that had him, Schnaz, I guess that was happy days. He reminds me of a... Like, I don't know his junior background or anything, yeah. but he reminds me of a fellow who's been at the club since he was six years old yeah, and just chomping at the bit to get that spot in first grade. And he, he's been on the bench quite a lot in his mm. short career so far, you know, behind Isaac Luke, for example. Yeah. And finally, he sort of got that starting role, it seems, over Damien Cook. Yeah. And he's just trying to play out of his skin. And he's, he's a pretty good player. Like He's, he's handy. He's very energetic at the yeah. half. And he doesn't let them down. As you said, he had a great career best game last, yeah. last week against Manly. Mm. Uh, and I think he's he, you know, a bit like your Jason Clarks, for example. Just those guys there. And I don't want to use this term, but they're the South Sydney battlers in the sense <laughs> of... In the sense of yeah. A real seems like a real working class dude, and he's just proud to wear that jersey. and And I think that means a lot, man. Like it means, you know, I talk about it with Chad Townsend. It means a lot for those players to wear that jersey. And you know, for all I know, he grew up in Brisbane. And I might be completely wrong, but yeah. that's what he reminds me of. No, he's he's going, a local. I'm pretty he sure is, he's a local junior. He's yeah, going well. Has, he's going well. Yeah, and it is that competition with Damien Cooks bringing out the best of him, I think, because he knows that he's going to probably play 40, 50 minutes and Cooks going to come on for a stint. So he wants to do his best 
when he's on the park and he showed it in that opening opening 20 minutes. Like you said, touched on with Inglis and Burgess, they're just two players that the Roosters don't have at the moment. Brooksy, the last time the Roosters lost their opening six matches was back in 1966. God, that was a while ago. It was. It's nearly 50 years. It, it is 50 years. Um, it's Look, they're playing, they're playing for pride at the moment. Yeah. And I haven't ruled them out of playing finals football, but at the moment they need a win. They're holding on to like round eight when yeah. Pierce and the other boys come back. Yeah. But if they can get... If they can get three wins here, if they can get a bit of a roll on, this is where their season can start moving forward. And, you know, we've touched on it. We were hoping that if they can get four and four in those first eight games, that they might be able to make the finals. Unfortunately, they're on five. Who knows? It it could just take a a derby against the Rabbitohs for them to get on the board. ...to give Canberra another set that starts on the 10-metre line. Away goes to Austin. Nice pass out in front. Invincibility on him. He is on absolute fire. Four tries in just over a game for Austin. I'm looking forward to this one, Brooksy. The Eels versus the Raiders. Raiders are in top form, as we've already discussed a little bit this episode. The Eels aren't going too bad, but they had a disappointing loss against Penrith. Heartbreaking loss, you would yeah. say. Uh, it wasn't a great match, Penrith and Para. A little bit dour, as those Western derbies can be, but... You know, Penrith but did... But close. It was, it was, yeah, close yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And, and Cartwright, some Cartwright magic. Cartwright? She said Cartwright. <laughs> some Cartwright magic um, saved the day, actually. So, the Eels want to bounce back at home in particular. And the Raiders, we've seen now, can win on the road. So, it, it'll be a good match. So, yeah, the Raiders have won six of the past seven in the matchup. And surprisingly enough, Power have won only two of their past ten at Pertex Stadium. Losing of the buzzer to the the Panthers was was tough for them. They they led for most of that game, from what I remember, and or most of the back end of the game. And you know there was there was it was the luck of the bounce in, in some of the tries. Naz, it was that one Fizak de Goyes. Like it, it's a game. It was fifty fifty. It could have gone either way. The Panthers just had the opportunity to score at the at the right time. Kieran Foran settling in nicely. He set up both of their tries. How about Junior Paulo? Bagged another try last week. It's two in a row for him. Playing against his future club this week. That's always enticing. Though. Peter Mulholland's done it again, Schnaz. Yeah, fans of our Instagram accounts will notice. If you don't know who Peter Mulholland is, jump onto Legal Life NRL Instagram account and you will see a video of him. Yeah, he's the recruitment officer for the Raiders. The recruitment manager for appears, the Raiders. Appears to be a gum guy as well. Loves yeah, he a bit loves of gum. his gum. G-U-M gum. Like Lloyd Braun. Mm. And yeah, he um, he he's really like with Tapanay, and we've talked about the pack already. This pack's going to be huge next year. In Not just big in terms of physical size, but they're just going to have so much depth. Yeah, I just realized what you're saying. Paulo's going to the Raiders. Holy yeah. heck. Wow. Yeah, they're looking, they're looking good for 2017, that's for sure, as well as this year. And yeah, the Raiders just... I don't think the Bulldogs were really in that match last week. They they dominated the match. The kicking game was so much better. The outside backs were better. The forwards, as we touched on, were better. It was, it was a great performance. This is another opportunity for both teams to improve their position, obviously, on the ladder. Paris sitting in eighth. Canberra, as we mentioned before, on third. Look, I again, I like the Raiders, I think. I think they're just more consistent throughout the par- on the park throughout from one to thirteen, and the bench as well. If you're a tipping or betting man, you'd have to go that way. I, I think that Power will play better this week, and I'm a little concerned about their scoring uh, point scoring abilities. Uh, they're not in the Dragons category at the moment, but I'd like to see them score a few more points. Their defense is really great, but against Canberra, you have to score some points. So uh, I think it'll be a good match. But yeah, a lot of it relies on Foreign and Norman to provide. Like, Semi's only got two tries this year, so maybe they look to shift it out to him. I think he's got 24 tries in 21 games at Pertec, so I think he's due for one. 
I mean, that's a classic example. I was talking before about kick-heavy styles of football. And for me, the Eels are way too kick-heavy with the talent they have in their back line. Yeah. Jennings, Red Rudder, for example. Come on, do something with that. Do something with that. Now, next up, we have two teams desperate to win. Yeah. The Warriors v Manly over in New Zealand. Manly have won nine of the past ten matches in the matchup. Yeah. And the Warriors have won only three of 13 against Manly in New Zealand. It's not good historically for the Warriors at home, which is crazy. But yeah, the Manly, you know, they they nearly got, nearly eked out that win against the Rabbitohs last week, as we touched on. They they came out pretty strong. Brave. It was a brave performance. Yeah. Yeah, they're missing a lot of troops. Yeah. Coruscant was pretty good at halfback. It's gonna, it, there's going to be an interesting period of time when when Cherry Evans starts coming back after his injury, like what they're going to do. Not in terms of getting rid of Cherry Evans. Let me just clear that up. But in terms of the trickle-down effect from where to play Coruscant. Like, Parcells fitting in well at hooker. He's doing his role there. He's making 40-odd tackles a game. He's getting out of dummy half, creating some opportunities. I think I think that phase of the game is sweet, like having Parcell there. 5-8, uh, Dylan Walker keeping him there. Uh, and then... Coruscant only playing 30, 20-odd minutes off the bench. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Dylan Walker at 5'8". And then the problem would be, I'll put him back to centre, but they have Matai and Jamie Lyon. Steve Matai. That yeah. I, I think he's Weekly. on his last legs. Yeah. I, I've watched him the last few weeks. His defence isn't where it was no. in previous seasons. And he's not really giving much in attack. I think with Tafua and... And Travojevic out in the wings. I think they don't necessarily need to have Lyon and Matai in the centres anymore. I think this is this is a a big opportunity to get Walker out in the centres and have Coruscant on the field, and they'll have some attacking options once they do that. Mm. I just I, like for Matai. I think that his purpose there is defensively, and also you know giving a few hit ups or getting you know ten to. 12 hit-ups a game, mm. but he's not doing that this year. Mm. He's not not providing that. I think that's a big issue for him, and they need to they need to start looking at the future in Coruscant. Three line breaks. I think he had 12 tackle bushners. It was that one run where he was just darting around the field. It was like watching a surfer, and it's the waves closing out, and he's into the barrel, and he's out. He's doing cuts, and he's avoiding... Yeah. Avoid just making the wave continue, and it was like watching that. He he got ended up getting fifty meters or so on the run. It was just amazing. I, you wouldn't see Steve Matai doing that, and no. I think that's why you've got to do the the shift here. Now, without DCE, their kicking is pretty bad, and that culminated in my highlight of the weekend, which was Vave forcing that dropout, which we discussed earlier in Sam's man uh, man of the episode. That was the best kick for Manly in the game. Oh, in my uh, he opinion, he was a surprise as we all were. Yeah, how's his record looking at the stat schnaz? Brett Stewart against the Warriors, twelve games he's played against them. He scored thirteen tries. He's won all twelve games. He's never lost against the Warriors. One of those rare records you see of a player just cannot lose to them. Will this be unlucky thirteen schnaz? I can't answer that. All I can think of is <laughs> on the plane over there, he'll be eating a few extra snakes and looking forward to getting out there and playing the Warriors. Let's see how the Warriors go. I'm not too convinced with them just yet. A close win against the Roosters. Yeah, I I think Manly can get them here. I think this might be a case of, you know, Manly are playing a, a bit better than the Warriors. We just haven't seen them play each other yet. Brooksy, foot of the mountains. Panthers v Cowboys. Another intriguing NRL match this week. I'm still not sure about those Panthers. Yeah, they've all been close games, haven't they? I mean, as we've suggested, that it won't necessarily be their halves that are going to be taking them forward. It'll it'll be your Cartwrights and those guys, maybe Peachy, the flashier back rowers. And we saw on the weekend, Cartwright had a major influence on that game. They're playing the Premiers. Premiers are in great form. And, yeah, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, the last three games the Cowboys have played against the... Panthers, they've beat them by more than 20 or more points. Oof. So they've, they've owned them in the last few years. Uh, the big thing for me, uh, looking at the stats and, and watching that Penrith para game, is that the Panthers missed 35 tackles and concede, again conceded 10 penalties. Mm. The discipline's 
keeping the other teams in the game. We touched on it with the Dragons. Like they should have, they should have beaten the Dragons. They just gave up a lot of penalties in that first half and and, and missed a lot of tackles. And it's again, we I I keep looking at this with the Panthers and the discipline and the defense needs to improve, even though they're not really conceding a bunch of points. So that could be key. If they can if they can lock that down, Schnaz, they might be actually leading these games quite well instead of trying to chase their own tail in the back end of the games. And Cartwright was massive last week. And I love the fact that there's talk of him for origin, but he needs to be consistent. He wasn't he wasn't crash hot against the Dragons. He can miss a tackle, he can throw an offload, it doesn't find the receiver, so you can't be doing that at origin level, but he's a special talent. He's only young. I'll tell you what else was big, Matt Moylan. And I'm a big Matt Moylan fan. I think he's a wonderful young player. Yeah. The back three of Moylan, Mansour, and DWZ. As well, Dean Zalesniak, yeah. That's a that's a great back three. Yeah, I I touched on Mansour and Watin Zalesniak in the game against the Dragons. They looked really good. They looked good again against Para and having Moylan there coming in at fullback, like getting the getting his hands on the ball, even if it's for that split second, the tap on. Mm. Uh, it it just it's it's just huge having him back there. Mansour, man, I like he's gotta be in origin consideration if Cartwright is. Another two hundred meters against Para, six tackle bars, he had the line break. He's he's only he's second behind RTS, Roger Tuvasa Shek in run meters. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. He's he's huge. I'm a big fan. He's what I would look for in a winger if I was a club executive, for example. And uh, he can find an injury, but that aside, wonderful talent. Yeah. Wonderful talent. I want to raise something with you, Brooks. Yeah. To do with the coverage on Fox Sports of the game. There was a great debut for young, is it Javid Bowen? Is that how I'm pronouncing it? Yeah, Javid Bowen, yeah. Played um, in the centers. I think it's Matt Bowen's nephew. It is Matt Bowen's yeah, nephew. Yeah. And I realized the name connection, obviously, and they kept throwing to Matty Bowen, who was in the crowd with his kids. Yeah. And there was a slight delay on Matty's reaction because he didn't realize he was on TV and he looked very mellow, shall we say, at the yeah. game. But then he'd sort of have a half smile realizing he was on the big screen. Yeah. But they were talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matty Bowen, the boxer. They said he had his first fight. Oh, wow. Now, down. is that a lightweight fight? I, I don't know. I was very surprised. I mean, he he did look a little bit like, I mean, he still looked fantastic, but yeah. he looked, obviously he looked older than what I'd seen in the last few years, but it looked like he might have been doing a bit of boxing. Yeah, nice. Which is I, just the most surprising thing in the world. I'll have to keep an eye out for it. Hopefully, uh, one of his fights comes across here at Fox Sports. Now, if I'm if I'm wrong here, Brooksy, I want everyone to write to us and hammer me. So please do that. But I'm yeah. sure that's what they said. His first fight. Yeah, I could have researched a, it, but I didn't. I will have to check it out. He played well though, Javid. Very yeah, good. yeah, he did well. Got a try and debut. Congratulations. He scored more points than the Dragons himself, which was good. Um, <laughs> you know, we and we talked about Talmalolo. Um, in previous episodes and how, how key has been for the forwards. But, you know, there's another three forwards that were awesome last week against the Dragons too. Ethan Lowe, he ran for 185 metres in that game. We had a look. That's his most in a game in his NRL career. And Bolton and Hannon off the bench, I don't think they're getting enough credit, Schnaz. They've been awesome. I, we, we touched on Scotty Bolton, but yeah, Ben Hannon too. Like, they're getting... This is why he's not changing that team that much, only due to injury. Like, these guys are just performing when they're in there. I have to say, historically, I haven't been a Ben Hannett fan. Yeah. But that was more his time at the Bulldogs and Kate Gill just walked past. Kate Gill's back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't go on. I want you to keep this in the podcast. Did no? you know Kate Gill was back? Yeah, I knew. I didn't tell you. Toby you came know? over and told me uh, the other day and I... I've been smitten ever since. What was I talking about? Kate Girl. Before Kate no, Girl. Um, ben Hannon. Yeah, Ben Hannon I haven't been historically a big fan of. Yeah. Particularly when he was the superstar prop of the Bulldogs. I just I thought he wasn't that dominant. Yeah. And same at the Broncos. But you're right. Off the bench for the Cowboys, he's avoiding the headlines, avoiding the big sort of origin talk and that kind of thing. And he's just doing his job and he's, yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah. I've been impressed. Sorry. I've been impressed. Yeah. They both combined for 248 metres against the Dragons. That's huge off the bench. Like, I see them 
doing a similar job to the Panthers. If they don't, if they miss that many tackles and give away penalties and drop the ball, which is what they've been doing recently, the Cowboys are going to roll over them, like totally roll over them. And they're back at home, the Panthers. They've been, I think, you know, they've got it. The, the discipline has to has to improve. Otherwise, they're going to cop what the Dragons cop last week. Sharks, sharks forever. Go out and play without fear. Brooksy, something very close to my heart is the Crown Sutherland Sharks. They are playing the Gold Coast Titans down at Ramondas. Oh, it's not Ramondas anymore. Southern Cross Group Stadium. Anyway, we move on. The Sharks haven't won their first three home games in a season since 05. So they're looking to do that this uh-huh. week. That'll be huge. Now, finally, it's all gelling. Benny Barber's at the at fullback. Val on the wing, and also he has moments of fullback yeah. as well. They yeah. switch a little bit. And they're really, really looking good, both of them. And both of them, you know, individually and together, are going to be a major force for us, for the Sharks this year. Yeah, I Benny Barber's been huge. I, I've enjoyed watching him. And like I said, I really enjoyed watching that Sharks-Tigers game. He, he and Holmes just, they, they played so well. And Holmes, Val... Your boy, just making some huge runs. He loves it. He loves playing out there on the wing, I reckon. I, I like the mix, like being able to change that up. And that's, we were touching on the question section. You need to move your play, have the, the ability to move those players around. And that's why clubs are recruiting those players that can play multiple positions. Because they're now professional and they, go, they drum in the training, they can play multiple positions. And, yeah. and this is... And, oh, yeah. I think that so much, but I think yeah. Valentine finds it pretty easy out yeah. there. I think he finds it an easy job, and I guess the challenge will be to get him into fullback for the for the future. And uh, you know, once Barber is you know retired or moved on or whatever, yeah. but that'll be the challenge to get him interested enough and 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 ready to play that fullback position. I don't doubt he could do it at the moment, but weak. In, week out, year in, year out. Fullback's, you know, a very challenging position. He's not the biggest talker on the field as well. Yeah. So the more experience he has at fullback in the sort of 10, 15 minutes he gets every week, the better he will be and the better the club will be. Mm. I want to raise something with you, Brooksy. Yeah. The viewers of Fox Sports would have seen the uh, the verbals between Paul Gallon and Adam Defjic, the referee, throughout the West Tigers match. And Gal was, you know, back from injury and he was bursting at the seams, literally. And he, what, reminded, he, put a bit me, of weight on? he reminded me <laughs> of a character from The Simpsons. Yeah. Do, do you know who I'm thinking of? I'm, I've got a... Yeah, I think I know who you mean, but... He reminded me of Bart's creation of Angry Dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was essentially Homer Simpson. Yeah. And... If you haven't seen the Angry Dad episode, YouTube that, and that is what Paul <laughs> was on the weekend. Everything was just making you upset. Yeah. He had a he had a really good game. Like he was, he was close to our best. He scored a try, and I think he needs to chill a little yeah. bit. <laughs> He's gonna burst. But I'm glad to have him back. He was he was a, he actually had a great captain's knock. Yeah. He almost took the talking to the referee thing too far, but it actually worked well. The next set. We got two penalties, so it worked. Yeah. But I think they do push that edge a little bit with with Ennis there as well. It's yeah, just, there's, there's a lot of chat. De- the older captains really work over the referees. Yeah, they know that initially they might not get the penalty or the call, but they know they're working towards something late in the game that might swing the game. They might get the ref on side and, and or keep it in their mind that you know that they've been stitched up and they'll cop a 50-50 call. But yeah, another good win for you boys. And the Titans, yeah, like you touched on it, they're not easy beats. They, ga- they came back well against the Broncos. Yeah. You know, uh, unfortunately, one of, the, uh, one of the tries was a bounced pass to, and great hands from Zeb Taylor. He bagged a double last week, you know. Fantasy well. gold for the 14 people that have him. But yeah, yeah like he... Uh, but the Titans, yeah, they can they can still sniff out a try, and and what I know what I've noticed over the start of the season, Ash Taylor's providing a really good kicking game. They're scoring yep. uh, tries off his kicks. I think they've got now he's got four tries this off kicks now, 
he only forced one drop out on the weekend, but we did note that the majority of kicks, you know, the the, the opposition team started on their one meter line yeah. pretty much. So he was so yeah. close to forcing dropouts, and he, he just he got them up the park really well. Yeah. This week he's got a new partner in Cameron Cullen. Yeah. From the Queensland Cup. Yeah, well, he, he signed with the Titans in the preseason as injury cover for Keane Elgy. And from all reports, he's killing it. Like, he's had, he had a really good game last week. And also, too, Cullen... Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he and Taylor combine. I think they might have played a couple of games together in the Broncos system. Well, they at least trained together. So it could be a surprise little package here. Yeah, and as that's a, what the Sharks have a, to look out for. As an opposition fan, and I imagine as an opposition coach, it's almost like you'd prefer they throw in a couple of, you know, veterans who are playing New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup or whatever, as opposed to these unknowns. Yeah. I mean, okay, Ashtail's not an unknown now, yeah. but he was. Cameron Cullen's an unknown. You'd, these guys could be superstars. Yeah. They could just tear it up. They could chip and chase. You know what I mean? So... It will be interesting to see what happens at Sharks. Well, hopefully for the Sharks fans, it's not like some sort of unearthing of Kieran Foran and Cherry Evans. Like mm. in 2011, I think it was, when they were like, who are these yeah. guys? Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what, Brooksy, I cannot tip the next game. I, I, I've thought about it. I don't know who I'm tipping. Knights v Tigers up in Newcastle. The Knights have won only four of their past 25 games yeah. overall. They have won... Four of the past five in this matchup against the Tigers, though. So, yeah, they won both games last year against the Tigers. It's it's uh, see, I think they're in a much more desperate uh, stake than the Roosters or Dragons because they they don't have a lot coming through. Yeah. So the Dragons have some quality players who need to just turn up and play better. That's yeah. cool. The Roosters have a whole bunch of guys coming back, yeah. Premiership winners. That's yeah. cool. The Knights they just need to win whenever they yeah. can. And this is a game they can win. I don't know if they will. The Tigers will improve on last week. The Tigers still scored a bunch of points. Yeah. So They conceded 12 penalties against you guys. Discipline again, causing teams to to really not be in, in the match. Well, the Knights missed 27 tackles, conceded 11 penalties and made nine errors. So <laughs> no line breaks against the Storm. And they were still close. Like they, they still did all right against them. But what about this one you yeah. pointed out to me, Brooksy? Yeah. Their winger, Nathan Ross, bit of a cult legend. He had the most meters in the team. Yeah, again. He did that against the Warriors, and now he's done it against the which Storm. Is, which is awesome for him, but the forwards aren't doing their job. So, I don't know about this game. I don't. I think, for some reason, I'm thinking, oh, hometown heroes must win. You know, Sunday crowd behind them. Maybe something. Old boys day, something, you know. Wheel out the Johns boys, but I don't know. Oh yeah, I think the Knights can do it. It it's gonna come down. I think for the Tigers, it's gonna come down to their spine and obviously Aaron Woods. Like he's been playing exceptionally well. Uh, Tedesco's been amazing. Teddy, another another double for Teddy. He's he's killing it. I love the Sharks' game plan of just take him out of the game. First touch, Luke Lewis needed there. Yeah. <laughs> He's off for 20. <laughs> Flanagan's a genius. Still, still bag some tries. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough one to tip. I, I want to see the Knights win. I, I think they could do it, but yeah, I think the Tigers have had, they've lost three straight now, so they've got to start, start reeling back the wins. Monday night football, Brooksy, the Melbourne Storm v the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think the Storm are gonna. Uh, be very strong here. The doggies were so disappointing. And that is what I hinted at in my kind of preview of the Bulldogs earlier in the year, that that's the Bulldogs I know. Other people knew the Bulldogs the first few weeks where the forwards were going crazy and Reynolds was lifting and everything. But the team I saw on Monday night is kind of how I think of the Bulldogs and at the moment. And like I'm not happy about it. I'm not gloating or anything. But that's the team I kind of know. So they're going to have to really lift on that performance against the Storm, who are always professional, always strong down in Melbourne. Although the Bulldogs have won five straight against Melbourne, so that's that's something in their in their corner. Bit of history. Yeah, it's their worst record against an opponent. I think it's the only yeah. losing record for Cameron Smith against any team. So, yeah. I look. I'm of. I I think the Bulldogs will go down there and give it. I after what they did against the Raiders and. 
like we touched on it just before with the Knights, the Storm barely won that match. And I, I think there's some problems going to start unearthing once the Storm start playing some quality teams. They've had a pretty soft start to the season in terms of the draw, Shnaz. I was disappointed in, in, in their win over the Knights. Like I thought they really would put a number on them. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's a major concern yet. I want to, if they lose a few games, I'll get concerned. But I, I just think sometimes, maybe sometimes you do lower yourself to the opposition. Maybe you do. The Storm uh, don't have a lot of points in them at the moment, but they defend really well. I think this will be a low-scoring defensive game, and it should be a really good clash. I, I would think the Storm are going to have too much class there, but you know, as we said, the Dogs have got a great record down there. Yeah, the interesting stat for me was Moses Mbai. Like, he had a pretty quiet game against the Raiders, and in their three wins, he's had two, scored two tries and had six try assists, but he has no tries and no try assists in their two losses. So... He seems like a pivotal part of their attack, and he has played so well this year. And and there was all I remember, I remember looking on the Super Coach uh, boards and stuff because everyone was like, "Oh, I've got Mbai left. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win." And then it was just like, "I hate Mbai. Like Moses has got to go. Everyone's dropping him out of their teams." And that sort of touches on one of the questions we had today. If he and Reynolds can can have a really good game, I think they can put some points on the Storm and. I like this is going to be a reality check for the Storm to see where they're at. Yes, they are sitting in equal first and sitting second on the ladder, you know, for and against. I think the Bulldogs can go down there and sneak two points at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. right. Brooksy, once again, we want to thank everyone who gets in touch with us online. If you'd be so kind as to tell people who don't know how they can get in touch with us, please. So the email is thelegalifepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, we're The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz. On Twitter, we're at League Life NRL. That is also our handle on Instagram, at League Life NRL. You can catch the podcast, if you're not already, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash NRL, And we're on the iTunes store, iTunes podcast. You can find us by searching League Life Podcast. Schnaz, thanks very much for your day, for your morning, taking your time out of your Wednesday morning to record this. It is my pleasure and my honor to do this with you, Brooksy. We have a great time doing it. We're going to keep doing it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. For listening, we really appreciate it. We mean that sincerely. I'm looking forward to another great weekend of rugby league. And who else? What? Who knows what else will be thrown up on this weekend, Brooksy? But let's hope it's good times for us all. Yeah. I will say, Marcus, bye for now, and see you, see you later, Shnaz. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Mm-hmm.